0: Hello everyone we are kicking it old school today with some old school radio. I hope you enjoy this episode. Sometimes I think the classics and the oldies get lost in the mess of the new age and high tech. We need to sometimes take a step back and look through our parents or our grandparents eyes and see in the black and the white. These radio shows are what started the horror we have today, so we as horror and haunt enthusiasts can never, and I mean never, forget where it all started. I really hope you enjoy this program. Now let's kick it back to some old school radio.
1: Foggy Jack Live is part of the Angry Bookworm Radio Network. Visit theangrybookworm.com for more shows like this one. The Foggy Jack Live podcast supports haunters against hate because hate is the scariest thing of all. We also support The Trevor Project, saving young LGBTQ lives. Please, if you feel that you need to talk to someone and that you need help, please don't hesitate to contact The Trevor Project. 1-866-488-7386. Once again, that's one 1- 866 Or you can call the U.S. National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Please reach out to them. If you need help, or if you just need someone to talk to, you are loved and you are cared for here at the Foggy Jack live podcast. Thank you.
2: Distance as dark locks in. <laughs> nightfall. Good evening. Tonight we'll be a little more literate than usual to give you the inside story of a manuscript uh, they're just dying to get into print. The play from the pen of Mabermore is called The Book of Hell. I don't care if it's the deepest book since Kafka, Andy. It still won't sell. I had hoped for more important considerations than sales. There the publisher in the country who'd touch it. But Gordon... The book industry's broke, for God's sake. We're putting chicory in the office coffee. Surely it would sell a few thousand. Violent cells, sex, weird religion. Put them together and you clean up. Clean up? Odd expression for publishing garbage. Find it all in the Bible. And Dante and Shakespeare, I know.
3: Andy? God, have I got something
2: for us. Oh, hi, Linda. Just let me get my caffeine chaser. Another clobbering by the boss.
3: I am flying. I got a manuscript from A.J. Yanofsky. I read it last night. Andrew, you would not believe... I didn't know
2: Yanofsky was still alive.
3: Hibernating in Mexico.
2: Oh, uh, winter.
3: Twelve years.
2: Uh, there were rumors, right? Uh-huh. He was on the lamb from the drug squad? No, Um he was murdered. No, he murdered someone. Uh... He's a Nazi doctor, and he's the bastard son of Greta Garbo.
3: Who cares? He's a great writer. <laughs> Linda.
2: A.J. Yanofsky was strictly a 60s phenomenon.
3: Who needs that stuff now? That's my time you're knocking, Curly. I was there.
2: And if he has started writing again, why would he send the manuscript to me?
3: Because, uh, mine, I knew him. Yeah, like we met. Hung around and hate ashbury Oh, cute
2: little California flower children.
3: He told me once, Linda, I'm going to write the book of hell. I'll send it to you.
2: And 15 years later, he did.
3: Yeah. An incredible work. A sort of documentary editor. First-person stuff.
2: You mean a rewrite of Dante's Inferno. (gasps) Great stuff. Sex, violence, and weird religion ought to make a mint. Now, now. Doc Gordon will love it.
3: I want to get Yanofsky on the phone right away. Put them together and you clean up. Too
2: bad about A.J., he used to be honest, at least.
3: Andrew, you're starting to bore me. Get useful. Here's the number. Put it through for me while I check the mail, huh? Is this number his agent? No, his home in Mexico. The manuscript didn't come from an agent. Use the phone in my office. Ooh,
2: little diversion helps putting it in. Can't believe I'm just. To Linda's assistant faster than I thought. Hello, uh, may I speak to Mister Yanovsky, please?
3: Tell him who wants to speak to him. He won't
2: talk to just anybody. Oh, thanks a lot. Uh, beg your pardon. Tell him
3: Linda Ross. Uh,
2: I see. No, there, there isn't. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Let
3: me talk. What the hell are you doing?
2: That was his wife.
3: Why'd you hang up?
2: A.J. Yanofsky died two years ago. Si, senores. Yes, ladies. may I serve you?
3: I'll just have a black coffee, please. But dos cafés solo, por favor. Dos cafés solo. Very good, ladies. The no? coffee
2: is just... I
3: hope you are enjoying Mexico, Miss Ross I am, thank you Mrs. Yanofsky, I'm a direct person Good, so am I Sorry if I seem to pry, but I must know How did your husband die? He was eaten away, Miss Ross From the inside When there was more outside than inside He died In my arms Like Kindling wood And you told no one? The doctor, the undertaker It was his wish He wanted to keep The mystery And I have kept it You must have loved him very much He needed me Others may have needed him. I guess I was one of those once. It means nothing. Except for a man's vanity. But vanity, you know, means things that are in vain. At the end, he had only me. Yes. I wanted to ask you, did he leave any other papers? any notes or sketches that was all he left pieces he became unable he could not put anything together the drugs you know were they sketches for some particular work or oh no (laughs) whatever came into his head may I see them later (laughs) there's nothing to see all burnt he told me burn them
2: does
3: coffee so oh. yeah. uh, You like something to eat, senoras, ladies? Estoy al regimen, senor. Que bonito, senor. Mm-hmm. So there was no book? No book. But the typing? You said you recognized his machine. Mm. All typewriters have scars on some of the letters. He's had a crooked O, like fingerprints. The manuscript, Is from my husband's typewriter. Then we're getting warmer, surely. (laughs) But I sold it. I sell everything. So, who knows what writer is using it now? But the handwriting, the corrections, the signature on a letter, could those be faked? What do you want me to say? That he came back from the dead? (sighs) No, I can't easily believe it. The dead do not rise again. There are mediums who say that they can take dictation from the spirit world. Have you experienced... They take the credit, no? Forgive me, but... uh, Such people work for money. If the book of hell gets published, Mrs. Yanofsky... The money will come to you. Would you object to that? I would not personally object, no. But that book will never be published. Oh? You'd object on behalf of your husband? Why should I? Obviously, he is trying to get it published... Do you really believe that? I believe only that life is mysterious. Why do you think the Book of Hell It will be- never be published? Because it is probably true.
2: Well, I don't like the typeface, P. And the paper stock looks flimsy. <laughs> You get what you pay for, Gordon. You used to make better-looking books, and you used to have a better class of writers. You want to upgrade the materials? Fine, but I'll have to upgrade the price. And we both know I can't afford it. <laughs> Buckram binding, a thing of the past. Now it's paperbacks, run off a newsprint. Mm. We go back a long way, Pete. Yeah, sure do. My old man was your dad's printer. I, um. I hate asking for credit, Pete, but, I'm uh, in a bit of a jam. Could you carry me for six months? Sure, Gordon. No sweat. All I need is one bestseller. Paperback rights in six figures. Maybe a film option. Yep. Just one blockbuster. Where are you gonna find it, Gordon? Linda just phoned from New York. Huh? Not a single major publisher has been offered a Yanovsky manuscript in twelve years. What? How many people know about the Book of Hell? Even me and Linda. None of the secretaries? I don't think so. No letters, no calls. Where's the manuscript now? Did she leave it with you? Uh, no. I took it with her. Just ran out, flagged a cab, and took her chances. Well, the minute she gets back, have a photocopy made. No, you better make it yourself. We you can't take chances. Gordon. You sound as if you're going to buy it, and you haven't even read it. Well, you haven't read it either. Why so superior? But the notion of a real hell went out with the Flat Earth Society. Even the church calls it a figure of speech. We'd be the laughingstock of the scientific community. Weird religion makes lots of money, remember? Oh, I just don't follow you. You turn down a major work on the human condition and latch onto a hokey piece of pulp about hell. I have an open mind. You've got an open cash register. Is anybody in a position to sue us? What? Sue? Can anyone stand up in court and call the writer a liar? Call the whole thing a hoax? If that's all that matters to you. Now listen. Nobody's to find out about this book. No one. When Linda gets back tomorrow, it's not to be discussed in this office. Why the massive security? Well, meet at my place or on a park bench if we have to, but not here. Yanofsky lived his whole life in secrecy. Enhanced his charisma, I and guess. Secrecy, without the media messing things up, can buy us three months lead time. The Book of Hell just might be our salvation.
3: I keep telling you, Gordon, Yanofsky's wife doesn't want a contract. She's not a businesswoman.
2: A businesswoman, for God's sake, is there a contradiction in terms. She's his executor, isn't she?
3: He didn't leave the book. It's just been written.
2: Oh, sure. Smuggled out of hell in a diplomatic pouch.
3: I can only tell you that's what Mrs. Yanofsky believes.
2: Well, that settles one thing. I don't have to pay any royalties. If there's no copyright, we could even rewrite
3: the damn thing. What? Fake? The fake. Not when you read it, Gordon, you won't. I'm
2: trying to get my hands on it. Where's Andy with that bloody Xerox?
3: He should be back any minute from the office.
2: i want to read it at home tonight.
3: If this is a fake, it may be harder to explain a hoax than... I mean, there there are forces beyond... <laughs> oh, I don't
2: know what I mean. So I gather.
3: His wife made it all seem completely mysterious. <sighs>
2: Am I getting you straight?
3: Oh, I need to get away from... To get some perspective.
2: And all this... Documentary eyewitness stuff? You trying to tell me there are pens and typewriters in hell?
3: And paper that doesn't burn? And the post office? Well, the post office, even you could believe.
2: Yeah, i the model for our mail service.
3: <laughs> what I'm trying to say, Gordon, is that the usual marks of a fake are just not there. The Book of Hell isn't even a copy of Yanofsky's old style.
2: What about the detective stuff? The machine...
3: Sure, it's his old typewriter, but God knows who might have picked it up in a flea market. And the handwriting. How could a phony have forged it so meticulously, and why? Forgery is even less likely well, come than... come
2: on, Linda. Feminine fantasy isn't going to solve oh, anything. Oh, So let's be logical. Either Yanofsky is still alive...
3: I've told you, he died in his wife's arms.
2: Or he's dead, she says. Were there any witnesses?
3: I've seen the grave.
2: You didn't dig him up, though?
3: No, I didn't take him up.
2: Then it's unproven, as the Scots say. But as I started to say, either he's still alive or it's got to be a fake.
3: Oh, here he comes like Roger Bannister. Andy, don't drop that briefcase.
2: Listen, I've been all around the park three times. Let's synchronize directions next time. Sure, sure, sure. Meanwhile, I just want to read the damn manuscript before I bet my life on it. You got the Xerox? Listen... I couldn't. Give me the
3: briefcase, Andy. But this is the original. Where's the copy, for God's sake? I'm trying
2: to tell you. It won't Xerox. What are you talking about? I tried it on three different machines, and there's something weird. Uh, the sheets all come out Blank.
3: Their knowledge of human anatomy is so complete that the worst tortures on earth cannot compare with the exquisite pain they inflict. That's enough.
2: Okay, okay play it back, Andy.
1: Hello, everybody. Please stay tuned. We're just going to take a quick break for our sponsors.
0: With the crack of lighting and the howl of the werewolf, a cackle from the witch, and the bubbling of the cauldron. Halloween Nation and the Foggy Jack Podcast are here to announce tonight's 13 Nights of Halloween Movie. So please grab some popcorn, a large soda or your beverage of choice. I always pick a dragon tea monster. And sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Also make sure to check out Halloween.Nation on Instagram and Foggy Jack 13 to see what else we have going on this month. Now let's roll the tape.
2: To the other kids at St. Bernard Academy, they were the girls who didn't belong. Whatever you do, stay away from them. Why? They're witches. But after years of being on the outside. Why'd you lie about me? I don't want to go out with you
1: again. Please
2: stop begging, it's pathetic. Four girls are about to discover the dark side.
0: You ever heard of invoking the spirit? Black magic.
1: Can make things happen. I mean, this is it. This is real.
2: Columbia Pictures welcomes you
0: to the witching hour.
1: Check
3: it out. Her spell is
1: working. Sit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Watch out for those weirdos.
3: (laughs) We are the weirdos, mister.
1: Hey Foggy Jack listeners, I want to tell you guys about the Foggy Jack Live Club. Now, there might be a few misconceptions about this. First off, it is a Patreon account or a Subscribestar account, but it's so much more than just a dollar or five dollars a month. The first thing you're going to get is a video message, custom to you, straight to your email, from me, thanking you for joining the club Next, you're going to get free stuff, a pin or a sticker you choose. And then from there, you can get discount codes, uh, behind-the-scenes access to the show, shout-outs on the show, early access to interviews, a monthly Zoom call or a party is what it's going to be, giveaways. There'll be a giveaway once we hit $51 Patreon Foggy Jack Live Club members or $10 $5 foggy jack live club members and there's going to be so much more this is more value packed in a patreon account than you can squeeze into a tube (laughs) come please join the club it's a dollar or five dollars a month is all i'm asking to come and join the foggy jack live club come down to the pumpkin patch where the haunters meet the haunted and join the club today thank you
2: Bloody odd. Check the machine again. There's got to be an answer. Yeah, I'll test it again. One, two, three. Apple Baker Charlie testing. One, two, three. Apple Baker Charlie testing. The book of hell won't photograph. And it won't record. Where does that leave us? The ink could be a chemical gimmick, wooden not Xerox? But it's your voice reading, Linda.
3: I didn't take either.
2: Hmm.
3: So the mystery's in Yanovsky's words.
2: There are <sighs> more things in heaven and earth. Say, race, scholarship, professor.
3: Maybe if we try it again.
2: We came all the way out to my place to read the book of hell. So let's get on with it. Copies and no copies. Pick up where you left off, Linda.
3: The use of microorganisms, first to stimulate the frontal cortex of the brain, then to frustrate neurohormonal responses, sets up an alternating swing between hope and despair. One group of microbes arouses expectation in the control center, while another renders the receptor muscles unable to comply. These positive and negative forces locked inside care no more about their battleground than ravaging armies on Earth. You are... I am their Hiroshima. On my second day in Ward 7...
2: All right. What hideous right. torture. Get yourself another whiskey. Go on, Linda.
3: On my second day in Ward 7, they began the injections. The first injection induced a high far beyond any I had ever experienced on Earth. It was as if I were being carried to the top of a demonic roller coaster and forced to look far below at the twisting track of terrors. The second injection plunged me down into an abyss. I thought frantically of escape, only to realize what a trap I was caught in. There was no escape from this insane cross-wiring. I was my own torturer. Shall I go on?
2: Makes a crazy kind of sense. Like a report from a man. Take it on his own terms if you can accept him. A day, for example, is his metaphor. Metaphors you play with in our world. Look, all he does is talk about physical suffering, mental suffering. Exactly. In hell, you don't have a body or a mind. For God's sake, you have a soul, a lost
3: one. How do you know, Gordon? You're getting awfully metaphysical.
2: Well, to come back down to Earth, I know when I hear a stoned nut describing hell from his hacienda in Mexico. He's got one hell of an imagination, that's all. That is not all, Gordon. Dig deeper. If he's got a body and a mind, he's not dead. And the last time I heard, you had to be dead to go to hell.
3: For what it's worth, he explains that. Well,
2: I for one can't wait to hear it.
3: I was then confined in a small cubicle made of what appeared to be mirrors. Though I knew I was dead, the excruciating pain contradicted me. Yet search as I might in the mirrors, there was nothing there. Thus, they drive home their most chilling lesson in damnation. If we do not exist, we must invent ourselves. With no body or mind left to torture, the soul must torture itself by recreating body and mind out of remembered fragments. I was to program my own inferno.
2: Good God. Well, he certainly lost his mind.
3: Listen. In effect, my soul was a monstrous cancer, continually creating within itself the means of my destruction. A lost soul is one that no longer controls its own circuitry. The signal apparatus has been taken over by the enemy, which uses it to destroy me, to destroy you. The sensation is like spontaneous combustion.
2: I Ooh. should have taken it off the hook.
3: Oh, let it ring.
2: you take a message, would you? And leave it off the hook? Yeah, okay, okay, I'll get it. Go on, Linda. Go on.
3: It is this control of the circuitry This ability to send phantom signals to real bodies through their remembered images. Like pins stuck in a doll that gives hell its power on earth. Hell is not a place, but a system for disrupting the plans of God.
2: Gordon, that was the police. Our warehouse just went up in flames. Dared, Mr. McIntosh. Could you save anything? Uh, what well, isn't already burned will be soaked. Uh, get that ladder out of there, over to the right. My whole life's work. What a bloody mess.
3: At least we moved the office downtown. Didn't lose everything.
2: Well, what can we do without stock? Without right. books to sell? <laughs> There's insurance, isn't there? Insurance.
3: Andy, that's hardly a consolation. Don't
2: push your luck, Andy. I've been pushing mine.
3: Read everything the other way. Let's go.
2: Captain? Yes, Mr. McIntosh. Anything I can do for you? Any idea what started it? Well, a early to tell. Uh, faulty wiring, maybe. No way. Completely rewired last year. Any sign
3: of arson, Captain?
2: Well, not so far, but that's unofficial. There has to be a cause. Books, you know, soak up moisture. Then heat sometimes. Could have been spontaneous combustion. An act of God.
3: You still want to go ahead with
2: the book of him? I don't know. What else have we got to push? Half a dozen books in the fall list that just might ease us gracefully downhill to bankruptcy. Why should we give up on the one sensational manuscript that might get us back in the race?
3: You still think the warehouse fire was a coincidence?
2: Linda, you are a lovely lady, an intelligent person, and a great editor. In that order? But you will never make me believe in ghosts.
3: Gordon, you're beginning to protest
2: too much. Extrasensory perception might be okay if we completely explored the five senses we already know
3: about. You need a license to but preach on this sake, Don't
2: you know? try to convert me to diabolism. Obviously, the Book of Hell didn't do that. Not well, what I've heard so far. I'm the only one who never gets to read it through. Where is it
3: now? Locked in my office. Well,
2: let's keep it there. So long as I'm legally clear as publisher, I don't give a damn who wrote it or where it came from. We sort of gathered that. A production like this has to be played very carefully, kept under heavy wraps in just the right moments, and published with all the hype we can muster and what about the cold hard looks in retrospect backlash
3: or maybe just knowing grins all over the media
2: by that time we'll be heavily into foreign sales translations film rights all bundle laughing all the way to the bank yeah by then even the fire will seem like a godsend like a brilliant publicity stunt gordon ever heard of hubris hubris is contempt for god professor i am prepared to show a little contempt for the devil
3: that's all very daring gordon but how are you going to print a facsimile of the Book of Hell if it won't photograph?
2: That reminds me. I've got to get back to the office and talk to Pete. He'll have to set the whole manuscript in type. When it's finally on press, I just hope it'll print. Sure, Gordon. I don't see why not. If you got trouble getting photostats, we could set a linotype and run it off a letterpress. I just have to work out the costs. Hold on a sec. Hey, Bill! What's that carton doing on the conveyor belt? It'll wreck the...
3: You guys want to go somewhere for a cup of coffee?
2: Oh, I hate chicory. And I hate funerals.
3: You didn't have to go to his funeral, did you? I felt responsible, somehow. You? What about me? The Book of Hell hadn't been sent to me in the first place. I found out,
2: both of you, it's nobody's fault. These things happen. Something just comes up with your number on it. So, what do we do now? Uh, We can get another printer. It's just a matter of booking press time.
3: Not if word of the book gets out. No one would touch it with a ten-foot pole. They'd say it was jinxed. I hate
2: to rub it in, but I was against it from the start. Come on,
3: Andy. You blew hot and cold the whole time. You yeah,
2: were skeptical at first, sure, but when drastic things began to happen. Where ha- is I- the book of hell? Is it still locked up in your office, Linda?
3: It's in my briefcase. Gordon,
2: I if want you- to see it.
3: Gordon, please. I've got Let-
2: to make the decision back at the office. I haven't had the damn book in my hands yet.
3: Guest, Gordon. The Book of Hell by A.J. Yanofsky. Thanks.
2: Now, let's see what a monstrous fake feels like. (laughs) There's some sort of. sort of. smell. Musty. something
3: accurate. Good luck. Oh, yeah! Because Yanofsky dared to write it. Can you imagine the ghastly things I'll do to him now?
2: Linda. We've both read the Book of Hell. We're the only ones... who know... Heard, the Book of Hell by Maver Moore. Featured in tonight's cast were Bud Knapp as Gordon, Nani Griffin as Linda, and Patrick Young as Andy. With Lynn Daragon as Mrs. Yanofsky, Hugh Webster as Pete, and Alan DeRamis as the fireman and the waiter. Our recording engineer is John Jessup, with sound effects by Bill Robinson. Our production assistant is Nina Callahan, and the series story editor is Earl Toppings. Nightfall is produced and directed for CBC Radio by Bill Howell. And now, here is a final word from your host. Hello again. Next week on Nightfall, we travel to the great dark continent of Africa, where the greatest darkness of all can be found in the human soul.
0: Today you killed the bull of El The great bull of El Came down the river to provide for my people. You killed the god of all the elephants, our god, and I am bound to give you his guess. Nkara, the Michael
2: McCabe short story, dramatized for this series by Graham Haley. Radio with avenging tusks. That's next week on Nightfall. Until then. Careful of the edge. Ah!
1: Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Foggy Jack Live podcast. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media sites at FoggyJack13. It's the same on all of them, but especially Instagram. That's where we are most active. Please leave a five-star iTunes review if you like the show. It'll help the show out tremendously. Also, please join the Foggy Jack Live Club for $1 or $5. The first giveaway is going to be a t-shirt, just to let everybody know. And I am excited to meet everybody again down at the pumpkin Patch, where the haunters meet the haunted. Goodbye, and blessed be.